Never hit anything. Shot clock doesn't reset. Look at Kai Jones. Watch What's this, this going to be? Oh! Are you kidding me? Humdidly D! Kai Jones! Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Chalk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of The Fizz. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, just me. Just me. It's just Frank. Frank again. Guys, it happened again. We lost we uh we lost the fucking show. Or I should say the SD card lost the show. My new SD card lost the show. Um so we recorded arguably the most electric show in the Fizz's history last night. Um about an hour and forty five minutes and we lost it. Um, we got dick deep into Thanksgiving food, the Lions, World Cup, U of M, MSU football, hoops, um, the wings, and, and we have nothing to show for it. Um, but due to my overwhelming shame for losing yet another fully recorded episode, I'm here to provide you guys with an abbreviated recap of what happened last night. And, and just to go over what happened last night, I mean, I did, I did nothing different than what I normally do. I record the show. Uh, put it on the SD card. We even do a test beforehand to make sure everything's working right. Everything was working just fine. And then when I went to export the full show, it was it was just fucking lost. Um, and this is a new SD card from the last one that I used that lost episode 80. But with the overwhelming shame and embarrassment of having to say we lost another episode, especially the one that I thought was honestly the best fizz ever recorded uh, between us, I decided to do a recap of what we talked about last night. So will it be as good as the one of all three of us? I don't think so, but I hope you do find it a little entertaining, maybe a little content heading to your Thanksgiving uh, day right now. So let's start with Thanksgiving food. The hot take this year seems to be that everyone is hating on the main course of Thanksgiving, which is turkey. I even saw a local news report where they said they interviewed a bunch of people and their most hated Thanksgiving food was the bird. While the boys agreed turkey is not our favorite thing on the table, to call it the worst is absolute horseshit. We all agreed that it's horseshit just to dog turkey that much. And we also agreed that a post-Thanksgiving meal turkey sandwich it's, is actually much better than the actual dinner cut time Thanksgiving turkey that comes out. Um Chandler hit us all with the ball-busting questions of would we rather have a reheated ham and cheese leftover Thanksgiving sandwich or an open-faced hot turkey sandwich. Pizzo and I were all over the hot stuff turkey boy while Channy preferred the ham and cheese. There was also dessert talk where Chandler said his grandma makes an unbelievable pumpkin cheesecake every year because we were talking about pumpkin pie, and he said my grandma makes an awesome pumpkin cheesecake. Um, and this is where Pizzo expressed the uh, desire to meet Channy's granny and get a slice of that spectacular cheesecake. Pizzo also struggled mightily with what the difference between beets and cranberry sauce are because they are both red. He said his family does have beets every year at Thanksgiving, 
And then like 10 minutes later, he realized that the beets he was referring to was fucking cranberries and cranberry sauce. Um, but we did all agree that cranberries and cranberry sauce do suck. Uh, Chandler then reminded us of his dad's nightmarish Thanksgiving treat where he takes a chunk of Velveeta cheese, like a brick of Velveeta cheese, and he slices off a, a layer of it and he melts it over an apple pie and then he eats it. Um, Chandler legitimately almost puked on air. Uh, Pizzo and I were rooting for him to puke. It, it was hilarious. You just have to, you just have to trust me. After screaming about Thanksgiving food for far too long, we got into the World Cup. Pizzo and Chandler know a lot more about soccer than I do, but I was able to provide an outsider's perspective after watching the first few days of World Cup soccer. A couple of notes for me personally on the World Cup. I thought the USA game sucked to watch. Just, just in general, I thought the game sucked. Not entertaining, disappointing. They lost to fucking Wales. And even worse, Wales only scored one goal and it was on a free kick off a completely moronic penalty by the USA. Um, it also seemed like complete bullshit how much the players literally cry. Um, and this is across all games. They cry after every contact play. They pretend to be injured. They cry after every call. And I kind of, I mean, I get that that's part of the soccer culture, but I just, I just think that sucks. I think it, it sucks in general. I, I hate that part of the game. Um, and it also completely blows my mind in comparison to more popular American sports, you know, hockey, football, basketball, baseball, that the clock, well, there's obviously no clock in baseball, but that the clock in soccer just continues to run. Um, and then they add on arbitrary time at the end of a soccer game to make up for the time when the game was not being played. And then at the end of that arbitrary time, they already added on at the end of the game, they add more arbitrary time onto the time for time not played in that extra time that only the ref knows about. Like the announcers don't know, the fans don't know, no one knows, it's just in the ref's head and it's his decision to decide when the game ends. Um, you know, in the United States, we literally review every play, every score, every clock stoppage just to make sure it's to the second correct. Um, in soccer, in the biggest sporting event in the world, it's just like, sure, I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? Nine minutes? Cool. Ball game. It's weird. It's weird stuff to me. Stuff I don't understand about the game of soccer. Um, also, I am convinced the Saudi Arabian upset over Argentina was there was corruption involved. Uh, FIFA is one of the more corrupt organizations in sports, and you're telling me in Qatar, a country bordering Saudi Arabia, happened to have the biggest World Cup upset in its history seems fishy uh do i have any proof no i have nothing outside of a cynical view and just the general optics of the entire situation fifa world cup qatar biggest win in the world of all time just it's fishy to me but now that we've talked about thanksgiving and the usa and the world cup uh i would like to bring in our detroit lions uh, this is definitely the part of the show that I'm most upset about that you guys did not get to hear Pizzo, myself, and even Chandler, uh, Chandler, the self-proclaimed lions realist. We were all jacked up hooting, hollering, primped, primed for the lions bills on Thanksgiving. One of the biggest proclamations made during this time was that Chandler swore to the gods that if the lions pulled the upset versus the bills, he would buy season tickets to the Lions-Jags games in week 13. 
This is a big deal because this would end Chandler's four-year intentional hiatus of not stepping foot into Ford Field. And you got to remember, Chandler has been down or a realist, as he would say, about the Lions all year, which the show definitely needs because me and Pizzo would drown ourselves in Kool-Aid all year. But he was absolutely fired up about the Lions. He was so excited for this Thanksgiving game, and he's starting to believe in the team, which is a huge turning point for the show and his fandom. During the show, I proudly proclaimed this. Every new regime that we've seen come through Detroit has claimed that they are there to change the culture, and no one has delivered on that promise. Dan Campbell, to this point, is no different about what he's proclaimed and what has been accomplished. Outside that he has proclaimed it with more flair, more emphasis, and more frequency, he has said he doesn't believe in SOL, he doesn't believe in same old Lions, he doesn't believe that the team is cursed. He doesn't believe in the hex of Bobby Lane. So I'll tell you what, Dan Campbell and company have a real chance this week. If the 2002 Lions can upset the Super Bowl favorite Bills at home on Thanksgiving in front of a national audience to move to 5-6, and six, which would put them squarely in the wild card race, it would be the, build, the biggest building block of actually changing the Detroit Lions historically losing culture that we've experienced for 20 plus years now, and probably even longer. It will be the biggest win of Dan Campbell's short, short Lions career, and I believe that SOL will be dead because winning on Thanksgiving this, this week, tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to this, doesn't resemble anything close to being SOL. Lions pull off this win. That's the biggest culture movement I've ever seen towards ending the SOL stigma that lives in Detroit. With all that being said, the three of us picked the Lions to cover the 10-point spread, so we all have Lions plus 10, and then we picked the other games as well. Giants-Cowboys, Pizzo took the over of 45.5. Chandler took Dallas minus 9.5 and and even gave an exact score of 34-17 Dallas. I am taking the underdog Giants at plus nine and a half. The late game, Vikings-Patriots, which I also noted playing in the late game on Thanksgiving just means you don't get a Thanksgiving day. Like, you just got to celebrate the next day. So these players just don't even get a Thanksgiving day. Pizzo is taking the Vikings at minus three. Chandler is taking the over of 42 and a half. And I am taking the Patriots at plus three. So you'll notice through those two games, we all have different bet selections. And then with the Lions game, we are all just fucking slap dick Lion fans for that one. After this part, we moved into college. We all agreed that this is the worst loss we've ever seen in a long time for Michigan State. Chandler was dead silent about, about this as, we were, as me and Pizzo were talking about State. And then he exploded with anger about Mel Choppin and how he blew a 17-point lead to a team that completed one pass in regulation, and that's actually a true stat. Indiana completed one pass in regulation and then two throughout the whole game. Pizzo and I were in complete shock at the kick MSU attempted to win that game on the left hash from 22 yards out. He just completely hit it straight. Um, it was it was fucking mind-blowing, that miss at the end of regulation. I mean, they shouldn't have given up the 17-point lead. They shouldn't have let a team who completed two passes beat them. But at the end of the day, they had a chance to win it with a chip shot field goal, and they and they just kicked it straight when they were on the hash. It was it was crazy. For the monster OSU U of M game, Pizzo painted his dick maize and blue and took the Wolverines plus seven and a half. While Chandler and I are on the Buckeyes minus seven and a half. We all agreed whoever wins and or covers this game 
um, will depend on what type of game it is. If U of M can control the clock and run the ball methodically, they will win and or cover. But if it's a track meet, forget about it. OSU will win that game easily. We noted that we would all be scared as fans to attend that game. It's going to be a bloodbath in Ohio. MSU hoops are electric. They've been so much fun to watch. It's a true Izzo team. We love them. And then the Red Wings here, I wanted to make a note. The Wings have a five-game stretch coming up that is extremely important and potentially very lucrative for them. The Wings embark on a five-game homestand where they take on the Predators, the Coyotes, the Leafs, the Sabres, and the Knights. Preds, Coyotes, Sabres, all at home, all should be wins. Toronto, huge rivalry game, measuring stick of the division. You got to show up. You got to take points in that game. And then you have a West Coast team. Vegas is a good team, but a West Coast team coming to the Midwest to close out the homestand. They have five games here that are very important to to emulate what they're going to do for the rest of the season. I know it's very early. I know that sounds crazy because it's only the end of November, but teams that are playoff contenders at the end of November tend to be the same playoff contenders come April. It's time to eat, fellas. Defend that home. Jerry sent uh, an over-under list right on cue. He's been great with that this year. Jerry, with the first over-under, asked us what the most overrated Thanksgiving food was. Chandler said it was cranberries. I said it was yams and or sweet potatoes. In general, just sweet potatoes, I think, are completely overrated. And then Pizzo literally could not give a real answer. He, like, pooped himself and couldn't figure it out and said nothing. LeBron James, over-underrated. Pizzo called him a pussy and said he was tired of him. Chandler said he was underrated and listed off a bunch of his basketball stats and said how he's really good. He doesn't love him, but he wouldn't call him overrated. I said underrated because he's in the convo for best basketball player in the world, and while I do find him annoying at times, that's, that's all he is. For him to be able to live up to the expectations that he had coming out of high school and to never be surrounded by any type of controversy is actually insane. Any player at the top of their their list uh, for greatest whatever of all time, Tiger, he's got scandals around him, Brady, Deflategate, Spygate, all that shit, Jordan, gambling, retiring mid-career, they all have something. LeBron literally has nothing outside of like fake reading and saying he predicted stuff that never happened. Um, he's just honestly annoying on social, and I think it's pretty crazy of a guy of his stature to never have like really a mark on his resume. Um, you know, he's just annoying on social, and he's not overrated or a bad person. Justin Fields, Chandler and I both said overrated. Lou said he was underrated. Chinese food, Lou and I said underrated. Chandler compared Chinese food to a Japanese steakhouse and then proceeded to call it overrated. And then last on the list was Christmas music, which we all agreed is underrated, and you're Scrooge if you don't like Christmas music. Um, So that was it. 15 minutes of love for you guys. Thank you all again uh, for listening here. Please keep listening every week. I tr- I'm trying to build momentum with the show, and I've had some technical difficulties, but we're just going to keep getting better, and I won't lose another one. I'll get it fucking figured out. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. See you.